everyone, Matt Williamson here. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, I want to thank you for all the tremendous comments on this week's article. This one really focuses on the Steelers' running game. It leads to Najee Harris directly. And I do think, you know, reading some of the comments, I think some of you might be misconstruing what I'm trying to say, and maybe I just didn't write it properly. But by no means am I saying the offense needs to go through Harris, give him more. I mean, it even says there's a sentence in there, he has not played well this year. But I do think that there's a dilemma, there's a conundrum going on of what to do with him, you know, and a big part of the article that I definitely stand behind is he needs to be used more and differently in the run or in the pass game. Um, I'm open to the idea that he could be replaced as the lead back or taking some of that off his plate, but go read it and check it out. I just hope that didn't come across poorly or because there are some people saying, I, I don't agree. You, got, you can't give Najee more carries or I, I'm not saying to, um, but they are in a bit of a strange situation with him. Uh, as we've been doing, I'm going to give you a bunch of my stats and previews for this upcoming game. Um, so the Buccaneers have played at home the past three weeks. Uh, but they're perfect on the road this year after having won in Dallas and in New Orleans to kick off the 2022 season. And so they were 6-3 and three on the road last year, 6-2 and two away from home in 2020. So since Tom Brady's been there, they're 14-5 and five on the road. It's pretty impressive. Um, I love to talk to you guys about yards per play. <coughs> Steelers offense is at 4.8 last in the league. Uh, the Bucks' offense is at 5.3. Their defense gives up 4.7. Steelers gives up. Steelers' defense gives up 5.9. So massive discrepancies in Tampa's favor, as you would think. There, um, Pittsburgh's been outscored by 51 points this year, which, not excusing what happened last week, the bulk of that was in Buffalo. I mean, they were minus 13 this time last week, which I thought was pretty impressive considering where they were at. Close games, couldn't figure out a way to win, though. Um, the Bucs have outscored their opponents by 20 points this year. Turnover differential, Bucks are plus three. Steelers are still plus one. Um, Pittsburgh has 10 takeaways. Tampa has nine takeaways. Both those are right at the top of the league, um, but as are the Steelers nine giveaways, <laughs> so it balances out. Um, this is a big, big discrepancy too. And sack differential doesn't sound like it would be all that, you know, telling of a number. And it's not as important as turnover differential or that kind of thing. But history shows, you know, good teams have great sack differentials. And the Bucks have a dozen more sacks already than they've allowed. I mean, that's a big gap for this early in the season. Um, the <laughs> This isn't so great. Steelers' opponents have, sc have scored nine more touchdowns as well as nine more passing touchdowns than the Steelers have this far, thus far. I mean, that's a big gap, too. Uh, the Steelers' opponents also have 36 more rushing attempts and have outrushed the Steelers by 40.6 yards per game on average. So 
Obviously, that's a problem area as well, which kind of leads back to my articles. Um, here's a couple notes on Steeler offense versus Tampa D, and then we will wrap it up. So let's take a quick break on that. I know it was kind of a short segment, but um, <laughs> breaking down this game, I don't want to say it doesn't seem as important, but where this team is right now, I think we need to focus maybe a little less on the upcoming opponents and more self-scouting and injury news. And maybe we'll go over some injury stuff late in the week, too, because I'm curious to see. I have not yet. I'm recording this like at noon on Tuesday. No injury news yet, but there's a chance that the Steelers will get hit really hard with that. So um, we'll be back in a minute. Um, this is going to be when the Steelers have the ball when we return. I thought this was a really good sign, too, for, for Kenny Pickett, is he, he threw 39 passes outside the numbers in a very windy environment. And some of the concerns with Pickett were certainly hand size, and I'm one of those. I mean, I'm kind of old school that way that I think that matters. We'll see how he handles it. And today's gloves are way better than guys used to have anyway. Um, and I think his arm strength is... Good, not spe- it's not Josh Allen, obviously. But he threw 39 passes outside the numbers last last week, completed 28 of them, and was quite accurate doing so. So I thought that was a great, t- a great sign. Um, I went into that game. My first note was, how does Kenny handle the wind? I think that's a check in his favor. I thought he handled the wind very well. I mean, that's great. Um George Pickens right now is averaging 14.8 yards per reception. That's near the top of the league, and it needs to keep up. Um, kind of as we talked about with four, before with these passing touchdowns, I think you probably know this by now, but a Steeler wide receiver has yet to catch a touchdown pass this year. Like, they're good receivers. I mean, what's going on? There's probably a bit of an anomaly, but these kind of things have to end. Um, I am big on yards per route run. So every time a receiver goes out in a route, how many yards does he produce? Here's where the Steelers sit on that. And frankly, these are low numbers across the board. Um, George Pickens is at 1.43. Deontay is at 1.39. Chase Claypool, 0.68. So every time he runs a route, he doesn't even you know, gain a yard per route. I mean, below one is worrisome. And I'm scrolling down here because uh, Mike Evans, for example, is at 2.26. That's a huge number, just to give you some kind of, you know, frame of reference. So Pickens is the best at 1.43 compared to Evans at 2.26. And Claypool at 0.68 is... I mean, you might have to sit him down more. I mean, it's just not working out well. Um, (laughs) Last week, Atlanta really doesn't throw the ball. Any of you Kyle Pitts owners in fantasy know that. I am unfortunately one of them, and it's very frustrating. The the Falcons finished that game last week with 110 passing yards. I mean, that doesn't happen much in today's NFL. Uh, Mariota was sacked five times in that game. 
And what's interesting about this Bucks team is they have six different players with multiple sacks already. Like they don't have a stud, but Barrett, Vea, um, all the you know their blitzers, the whole defensive line, they're all good pass rushers and they're getting the production across the board, which I would be very encouraged with if I was a box. It's a good D. Um, This was uncharacteristic. I talked about how much Atlanta doesn't throw the ball, but Tampa Bay gave up 151 rushing yards last week, but the Steelers only generated 54 rushing yards last week. Um, I was fortunate enough the year I was with the Browns to be with Todd Bowles. He was our, he was an up and coming coach at that point. This is Ben's rookie year folks. And he was our assistant defensive back coach. Chuck Pagano actually was the defensive back coach. And Todd was super impressive then went on to great things, obviously. And one of his fortes or one of his big things is stopping the run. Tampa is always one of the hardest teams in the league to run on, but they gave up 151 yards last week against a team that is really dedicated to the run in Atlanta. Talked about some nausea stuff before. He's averaging 3.2 yards per carry. I mean, that's at the bottom of the league too. And a lot of it to me is on him. And the lack of explosives really worry me as well from him, but in the running game in general. Steelers don't have a run over 18 yards this year. I mean, yeah, you play five games. You should get free for a 20-yard game once or twice. I mean, none over 18. Yikes. Um, this is a little misleading, but I've stressed time of possession so much with the Steelers, especially those first three games when they were just getting destroyed and the defense was on the field for 100 snaps and things like that. This is misleading, but they did possess the football for over 36 minutes last week. Some of that's garbage time. It wasn't a competitive game, as you know. I mean, if Josh Allen comes out, goes, <laughs> well, here's a very good example. Takes the opening kickoff, two plays that go nowhere, 98-yard touchdown. Well, you didn't eat a lot of clock, but you just went 98 yards in the blink of an eye. So that 36 minutes is misleading, kind of you know, <laughs> straining for positives, especially on this side of the ball. Um, this is interesting to me about the Bucks defense as well. So the Bucks D has been on the field for 345 plays. Okay. Devin White, Antoine Winfield Jr., Levante David, Jamel Dean, and Mike Edwards have missed a total of three plays between the five of them. So those guys are out there all the time. That's basically half your team has basically not missed a play. I mean, that is such a comfort for a defensive coordinator, play caller, and defensive linemen are never going to be at the top of that list anyways. Vita Vea is not going to play that much. So both your linebackers and three of your key members of the secondary have not even like left the field. Huge. Um, this is a can take this two ways. This is also in the same category, but the Steelers starting O-line, you guys know who that is. They've missed a total of four snaps all year. And why I said it's a little worrisome is you can't play no line injuries. <laughs> you know, I mean, these are your five guys. Um, it's not like, boy, we've had a revolving door of offensive linemen. That's been the case in Tampa Bay this year. The Steelers have had their five. They have not had bad luck yet. Knock on wood, whatever. Um, but they've had their five and they've missed four snaps total. Mason Cole went out for a brief stint, I think in week one and Haas came in. 
Um, you guys know I'm big on EPA per play. Pittsburgh's offense, 27th. This one surprised me because um, it doesn't quite add up to me, but their EPA per rush is 12th best in the league. EPA per dropback, 29th. So I believe in this stat. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know exactly how the formula and the math equation is derived. But, you know, at 12th in rushing per attempt makes you think maybe you should run the ball a little more. And again, that's kind of the, my article and Najee, go check that out. Uh, lastly here, uh, Tampa's defense, uh, defense is 8th in EPA per play, 5th in EPA per dropback defensively, but only 20th against the run, which again is very uncharacteristic for Todd Bowles. These are small sample sizes, five games. You know, a, a lot of that gets skewed by Atlanta, who plays a lot different than any other team in the league. They do not throw the ball. They come out in big, heavy personnel groupings. But still, you know, their run defense isn't usually isn't quite where it has been. You know, that's for sure. And EPA, which again, I believe in, and maybe you guys are rolling your eyes over there, like maybe you shouldn't believe in EPA, but implies that the Steelers' run game is noticeably better than the Bucks' run defense. Do I believe that deep down in my soul? Probably not, but I thought it was noteworthy. And there you have it. Kind of a short pod today. Uh, we'll go over the other side of the ball, maybe some other tidbits tomorrow. Uh, that is a wrap. Over and out.